0: I have some really exciting news for listeners of the Lifestyle Investor podcast. Most people think lifestyle investing is about making more money or creating additional passive income streams. And while that is part of it, the most savvy lifestyle investors understand that having a solid tax strategy is fundamental and really foundational to creating wealth. I firmly believe that having the right tax strategy is the single best investment that you can make. I know tax strategy isn't the sexiest topic, but once you understand a few key elements to the IRS playbook, the compounding benefit you receive year after year is enormously significant. In fact, we have members inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind who have used these strategies and have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars. This is not a nice-to-have if you're interested in growing your wealth. This is a must. In our brand-new Tax Strategy Masterclass, I have hand-selected and shared the details of the 28 most valuable strategies to help you increase your tax savings this year and for years to come. Plus, if you want to hire a top-tier tax strategist, it can easily set you back tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And you want to make sure that you have the best, most accurate information to ensure that you're hiring the right person for you. That's why we included a whole section with advice, resources, and multiple interviews with my personal tax specialists to help you build a bulletproof tax team, but for a fraction of the cost. The entire tax strategy masterclass was designed for people like you who want to keep more of their hard-earned money without having to sift through the complicated tax code. If you're interested, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax to learn more about the course or set up a free consultation call with our team at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Even the most driven of us are sometimes forced to swerve from our goals when life takes an unexpected turn. And although it might seem like the end of the world at the time, it could also be a major opportunity. Today's podcast guest, Daniel Alonzo, started in financial services when he was 21 and was a millionaire by 28. But that wasn't his original plan. His dreams of becoming a baseball player were dashed by an injury. Prior to that, he admits, he was a bad kid whose pastimes included breaking into people's cars and stealing whatever was loose inside. Little did Daniel know that one of these incidents would set him on a path to success. Inside a stolen boombox was a cassette tape by Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame. The tape was called Self-Esteem and Peak Performance, and listening to it changed Daniel's perspective on life. It helped him find focus and set goals. One of those goals was to retire by the age of 30, and he certainly could have done it. By that age, he was generating enough wealth through recruiting other people that he didn't have to work another day in his life. Of course, he didn't stop there. Today, Daniel is a coach, entrepreneur, media personality, podcaster, and author of the forthcoming book, Wealth on the Beach. He speaks in front of hundreds of thousands of people a year, teaching them how to create financial freedom and live a better life. In our conversation, Daniel tells me why building relationships is the secret to success, why he chose not to retire, and how he built a highly scalable business that allows him to live an extraordinary life on his terms. One more thing before we get to today's interview. If you haven't already, be sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen so new episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. Thanks for listening, and without further delay, my conversation with Daniel Alonzo. Well, Daniel, I'm so excited to have you on the show. It it was fun being on your show and really getting to know you, and it's great having you back. And I've got to tell you that my executive assistant has been following you for years. We talked about this off air and I just thought it'd be really cool to mention this. And she just thinks the world of you and had so many great things to say about you. So I've been thrilled personally about this episode.
1: Well, I'm excited to be here, Justin. Your episode with me was
0: phenomenal and uh, just looking forward to a great conversation. Awesome. Well, I know we're going to get that because when we got done on your episode, I just felt like we could hang out and keep talking. And so my favorite people to have on my show are the people that I would just hang out with anyway. We go grab, you know, a drink, a coffee or whatever, and just kick it. And I know you spent a lot of your time on the beach. So if we were to kick it, we'd have to be on the beach somewhere, I suppose, right? I would imagine. Yes. We'll find somewhere nice. I love it. Well, You have had a really cool career, Daniel. You started at a young age. And I think, unlike most people, you found success very early on. And you found success right out of the gates in an organization that you're still part of. And that's so rare today. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that story. Because I think you were like 21 years old when you got started in... Kind of the financial services industry.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, look, it all started really, and I like to tell this story because it's it, it's really close to to my heart. Because you know, when I was uh, when I was growing up, I was about fourteen years old, and I was hanging out with a bad crowd, and you know, I wasn't your typical good kid, and uh, and and I was out with a buddy one night, and you know, we're roaming the streets, and we're trying to unlock cars. And, you know, we would go in there and you know, just paint a couple of hoodlums. And we're, you know, we would find maybe sunglasses, or we would find some change in the ashtray or whatever. And then we'd get excited, we'd steal what we could get. And we would jam back, you know, and, and this was, uh I, you know, one night, we were out, and I ended up finding this boombox radio. And in the boombox radio, there was a tape cassette by Jack Canfield, okay, which everybody knows Jack Canfield, chicken soup for the soul. And I was, you know, this was like unbelievable to me that first of all, I found a boombox radio. I was excited. I didn't really care about the tape at 14 years old, but I kept the radio and I kept the tape. And then a couple of years later, I started to listen to that tape cassette. And that tape cassette changed my life. I started to understand how to ask for what I wanted. You know, say no to people that want to steal all your time, and you know what I mean? just like you know, try to get organized with my life. It was called self-esteem and peak performance. And so I like to tell that you know that little foundation story because I had a little bit of an advantage. So when I got into business at twenty one, I was so much not that that changed not that that tape changed my life. I was still a bad kid up until about probably twenty one until I got into business. Business really changed my life. But I like to tell that little foundation story because that is what got me thinking about self-improvement, about changing my life. And so when that opportunity came, Justin, I was ready to rock, man. I was like, no BS, man. I wanted to win. I was ready to unleash the power of everything I knew and I learned through those early years.
0: Well, it's interesting. You ended up getting this gift that you didn't anticipate. You thought the boombox was the gift, and the gift was the tape in the boombox years later or months later, whatever that looks like. And there have been times in my life where I have been robbed. And at certain points in my life, it's like, man, you know, let me play the victim. And, you know, this totally sucks. And why did this happened to me? But, I learned over time to say, you know what? That person may have needed this more than me. I'm fine. I can live without it. I shouldn't be putting so much value in material possessions anyway. And so I've had CDs and things stolen. And you know, in my mind, it's like, well, I hope they really get some good value out of that. I hope they get some good value out of these Tony Robbins CDs that I've had multiple of those go missing over the years.
1: You know, it's funny that you said that because in my last house, we had been doing our redoing our garage and you know we epoxied the whole thing and then you have to park your car outside when you do that for like 2 days and so in those nights that i parked outside or the first night that i parked outside it was ransacked i had my little convertible corvette I don't know how they got in. Maybe I left the door open. I don't know. Right. The same thing that I used to do to people. And they took everything, man every tape, every CD. I think they stole my golf clubs. I mean, they took everything. And I just remember laughing. You know, I I wasn't angry, I wasn't upset. I, I remember, you know, just saying, I just, you know, to me, well, first of all, my wife's name is Karma. And so that was perfect because I mean, it was karma, you know, pure and simple, getting me back for all those years, you know, when I used to steal people's stuff out of their car as a young kid.
0: Well, and it's so great when you can have the mental strength to direct your emotions and say, you know what, I'm not going to let this bend me out of shape because. I can't control what happened, but I can control how I respond to it. I think that's cool. And speaking of your wife, by the way, what an unbelievable name and what an unbelievable thing to keep you focused on. It is my understanding in just that you two were high school sweethearts. So yet again, another pattern of finding something that you like early on and really sticking with it and what greater place to do that than your spouse. Yeah, I mean,
1: we had met at a little high school party. She went to a different school than I did and and I ended up meeting her at this party and uh and the rest is history. I mean, I, we we've been together almost every day since uh we were around 16, 17 years old and so uh, it's been a it's been a good run. It's been a good amount of years. I mean, look, and I'm not saying it's been perfect. I mean, you know, we are, we, we had to grow up together, man. We had to, we had to build a business together. We had to learn how to speak and we had to learn how to communicate and we had to learn how to get along and we had to learn how to raise a family. We had to learn how, you know, business worked all while being young kids trying to figure this dang thing out called business.
0: Yeah. And for those of you that don't understand this, maybe you've never worked with a spouse. I can relate on this that you got to figure out all these things on how to have a good relationship in general. If you're not working together and then when you work together, it's a whole nother animal and there are complexities of working together, but needing to separate work from personal and off times and not being on work, you know, talking about work at date night and, but then being able to work together. In a way that builds the organization and builds each other. And there is an art to it and there's a discipline to it. And it is not easy. So I honor you for finding a way to make that happen, Daniel. Appreciate that. My wife and I decided it's best that we don't work together.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I mean, thank God that we started to win pretty quick. And then we ended up being able to hire people and, uh, but, you know, those early days, it, it was a tough thing. I mean, I, I remember uh, that I was sitting in front of my mom's house in my little, you know, I think it was like a 93 Nissan Sentra, me and her. We had just got back home from like a training. and uh, And I remember being in that car and I locked the doors. I literally locked the doors in the car. And I said, look, you're either going to support me. Because it was tough in the beginning because she felt like the business was taking me away. I mean, she wanted to be a teenager, man, or at least 21 year old, right? She wanted to be a young person and have fun and do all these things and not worry about business where I was like a freaking maniac, focused, obsessed, like that's all I wanted is to win because. My goal was to be retired by the time I was 30. Like that was my whole object, which by the way, I've changed, you know, obviously through the years I matured and I was like, I don't want to retire at 30. That's no fun. I want to continue to make progress and grow. But I locked that door and I said, look, we ain't leaving until we figure this thing out. We'd been together about five or six years at that time. So I said like, look, you're either with me or you're not. Like you're going to help me. And, you know, like be pushing me up because I can't take it if you're going to drag me down. And and so I, I was I literally drew the line in the sand. And of course, you know, we know what happened and what she picked and, and it all worked out. But, man, it's like sometimes in life you got to draw the line in the sand because there are people right now. that are listening, Justin, that they are wondering they're in a bad relationship with a spouse that or, or a boyfriend, girlfriend that does not support their life. Now, I'm not saying they have to be in business with you or you have to work with them. But I am saying there's got to be some respect about like wanting to help you grow and help you get better and always looking for ways to make your life better. And if that's not happening, sometimes I think there's got to be a point where you draw the line in the sand and say, look, we're either going to be great together or we're not. And if we're not, then we need to look at other options.
0: Yeah, I think that's so powerful. And to have someone that is a support system, whether in the business or out of the business, they don't have to be involved, but they need to be supportive of you and of what is important to you. And my wife is incredible at that. And, you know, we just decided, hey, we're going to work together better in a way where we're not working directly together. And she's so great at training people and teaching people things. And so it's been cool having her along for the ride and help us build what we've built, especially with our real estate portfolio. She was very integral in the books and creating systems and all kinds of stuff, things that she's way better at than I am. So I think that that is great advice. And something else that you mentioned earlier that I want to kind of single out is you talked about the bad influences of the people you were hanging with and the direction that you were headed before finding this organization that had some great leaders that was able to harness your energy for wanting to do great things in the world. And it's such a testament to peer group, the power of peer group, the impact of peer group and the fact that you really become like those you spend the most time with. Would you agree? 100%. From an early age, from 21, when I got started in business,
1: I just, for some reason, maybe it was because of sports. For some reason, I just gravitated towards the most successful people. So in sports, who is that, right? It's the coach or if it's or it's the best players on the field. And so I would gravitate towards a coach type figure. And then I would be very direct in saying, look, maybe I'm not the biggest guy because I'm not the biggest guy. Maybe I'm not even the most talented guy. But I can tell you there's nobody that's going to outwork me. There's nobody that's going to want to win more than I want to win. So I'm just letting you know, coach, that I'm coachable, man. Like you just call the play and I want to play. I want to be a part of a team. I want to be here. I want to be the the loudest voice. I, I, I remember being in baseball and I remember being the loudest voice on the field, cheering on my teammates, you know? And so it was that environment of sports that helped me remember that. Like I remembered when I got in the business that I wanted to be a part of a team. I wanted to be a coachable part of a team. I wanted to be Somebody that lifted the team versus, you know, those guys and gals that oh, it's always negative. It's always bad. It's always something's wrong. It's always talking behind people's backs and, you know, the back of the room type people, you know, always talking about what we can't do versus like, look, the coach just said we can do it. Let's fight for the coach. Let's fight for the team and let's go win together. And so, yeah, that environment, Justin, is
0: everything. And Daniel, what coach doesn't want to be around someone that has that type of energy and vigor and coachability, right? And what type of players don't want to be around someone that has that type of passion and commitment for the game that's going to allow everyone on the team to play at a higher level? Your story here is great because, as I understand it, you had a pretty big injury when you played college baseball and you aspired to be a professional baseball player. And in the moment, it probably felt like, oh, my dreams are shattered. But in reality, I think you won the lottery. I think you had the better outcome because you have been able to separate time from money. And you have won. You earn an income that is comparable to a lot of major league athletes, but it is showing up whether you work or you don't work. And that is really exciting. It's funny because when I
1: was, uh, this was, I don't know, maybe five, 10 years ago, I remember going to an Angels baseball game and I had really good seats and I was sitting right next to one of the, the uh wives. So we start talking, and she starts to tell me about her life and and about the fact that she never sees her husband. He's gone for nine months out of the year, and even when he's home, all he does is watch videos and game films and all these, you know. And now, not that her life is terrible because, you know, I'm sure she's got a decent amount of money and she can spend on whatever she wants. I'm sure she has a lot of freedom to do but they was, you could just tell that there was something missing in their life. And and so it, it made me super grateful, even more so. I've always been very grateful for my opportunity, for you know, every day, every you know, breath that I get from God, I'm always very grateful for those, you know, getting, but it was like I was extra grateful that day, thinking, oh my God, like. You know, I don't think I would have ever been pro-pro. I mean, I don't think I have the size. I don't think I I had the ability. But I think I would have played some pretty decent high-level college ball. But who knows, right? If I would have went pro, my life would have been completely different than what it had been because, I mean, think about it. I, I started at 21. In about three years, I was making $100,000 a year as a you know young man pretty you know, consistently with you know, almost all passive. And then it jumped to 170, and then it jumped to 250, and then it went to 350, and then it went to half a million. And at that time, I was 28 years old. I woke up, I'm 28 years old, I got a million dollars saved in the bank or in my investments. And that wasn't even like, that was like real money, right? That was like, you know, not with not like property, million dollar properties. That was like a million dollars in investments, right? In mutual funds and stocks and things like that. And, and I just, I look back and I go, oh my God, I haven't, I'm 46 years old, Justin. I haven't physically had to work since I was 28. Now I still work. I still want to contribute. I still want to make a difference. I still want to make money. I still, I got a lot of goals still. How awesome is that? Yeah, To have that versus nine months not
0: seeing my kids, you know. So, anyways, totally. It's incredible. And knowing a guy like you and I have very similar tendencies where I'm all in for whatever the thing that I'm doing is. So, what if that lot had been the way that you wanted it to go? You would have been just as all in as that player watching film, like I would have too. You know, that's just the way that I think that we're wired. But what I love is the recognition that you could retire by your goal of 30, you didn't retire, but you had the ability, you had the means, you had the income to support you if you wanted to do it. But what I always tell people is when you have the income to support your lifestyle, and even greater so if you have it to support the lifestyle that you want to live, like the ideal lifestyle, whatever that is for you, then it just opens up more options and you can ask better quality questions. And the better quality questions aren't, how do I not work? It's, well, how do I find something I really enjoy doing? And how do I do it in a time frame that feels really good to me? And when you can figure those things out, how can I do it with people that I am so excited to spend time with? When you figure those out, it becomes the greatest joy because it's all on your terms and you're impacting people from a place where, you just have so much passion, you resonate and exude this energy because you're choosing to do it. you don't have to work, you get to work, you have the privilege to work, you have the opportunity and the blessing to be able to do it, and I know that you can relate yeah, I
1: mean, we're both Anthony Robbins guys, you know we've been following that teaching for a lot of years and and I remember. Because, I mean, I went to a lot of seminars, I mean, straight out the gate. I mean, I got his whole tape set and series in 30 days and all the subliminal music that I used to listen to and all this stuff. And I remember hearing him speak and he said, retirement equals death. And I'll never forget that. Retirement equals death. And I said, and once I heard that and I started to kind of evaluate, I'm thinking, well, if I do retire, what the hell am I going to do? Let, let, let's be honest, right? What am I going to do? I'm probably going to drink too much, probably going to hang out with the wrong people. I'm probably not going to make a difference in anybody's lives. And we know the six human needs, right? I mean, we have to have contribution in our life. Like you don't contribute. that is, you're, li- you're limiting your life and, and you're limiting your happiness because you cannot be fully fulfilled unless you have certain things that are met in your life. And, uh, and so progress, of course, you've heard me say right, progress equals happiness. And I believe that a life of progress, a life of contribution, is a life of significance. And again, there, there I go again. There's another human need that we all have to have in our souls and our hearts and our, our you know gut. And uh, and I just think it's important. So when I heard that, it changed my life. And then I said, there's no way, man. I got too much to give. I got too much energy. I've learned all this crap for the last 10 years. What the hell would, you know, if I don't give it away and share it, then what good is it?
0: That's right. Totally. And I love your idea here. And we've heard a lot of smart people say it. And not everyone listens to it. I feel like one thing that I have embraced is... This idea of progress. And one of the things we teach in our household that we teach our daughter is progress, not perfection. And I think you know, both my wife and I, we grew up with very perfectionistic parents or at least one of the parents being very perfectionistic. And so I have some of those tendencies that I'm always fighting. And so progress to me is a healthier way of going about it. And I just love that that's part of what you do. Again, you don't have to work. You find inspiration from helping other people. Is that where your passion comes from? I want to understand because a lot of the people that I bring on my show, they don't have to work. And they do, but they do it on their time. And they do it in a way that serves them and in in a way that serves other people really well. But where do you get your passion from? What keeps you going? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I think that there is a level of that need for significance, and uh, need for growth, and uh, I, I basically live those human needs i 'm trying or at least i'm trying to live those human needs you know i want to self improve I want to get better, I want to see how good I can become you know and and uh, and and why not if I can change somebody's lives I mean you know i have uh, we, well we have forty eight locations today we have fifteen hundred licensed agents in our organization and and I don't know, I, I kind of feel like maybe I add a little bit of value to some of those people. Now, a lot of them are independent. A lot of them don't need me. A lot of them have been way more successful, probably without me than with me. And so I just say, you know what? Thank God, maybe I got a little bit, I gave them a little bit of value so that they can go on to do great things. And it's just so it's a part of me that I feel like if I leave, if I don't continue to get better, if I don't continue to think about, systems and ways for all of our businesses to succeed at a higher level, I feel like I'm doing the world and I'm especially them, which they entrusted me, by the way, as one of their leaders, they've entrusted me, you know, for guidance and, 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 uh, and, and some sort of inspiration. And I feel like if I leave, if I just check out completely, I'm doing them all a disservice.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's great when you have people that you want to pour into. I mean, that makes all the difference in the world when you have coachable people that are eager to learn. You know, I have this zest for life, as many of my friends call it. And I let people know I am a lifelong learner. I went out to coffee with someone earlier today. It's a really just... I love connecting with people. And he was asking me questions about investing and about my book. And I was asking him questions about parenting and You know, I let him know that to me, everyone is a teacher. Everyone does something better than me. And I want to learn and grow from whatever it is. I would like every life hack there is. And if I ask enough people, enough questions around their superpower, or at least around wisdom that they have, I'm going to be that much better off. And then for me, and I know you're this way, when you learn it and you eternalize it, then you have to pour it out somewhere. And So the more you learn, the more you want to teach, the more you want to give. And it's just this really cool relationship with education.
1: And I want to jump in because, like, isn't it interesting, though, that, you know, we're two guys here that have done okay, that have, you know, kind of built a decent amount of security. And isn't it interesting, though, that there's young people that are listening right now and they're so afraid to ask a question? They're so afraid. They're like, oh my God, that guy makes a lot of money. He's so financially independent. Uh, He'll never want to talk to me. And isn't it funny that you know young people, and so for somebody like me, I was like, I'm like you, man. I just wanted to know more. And I would ask people questions, people that were way older than me. And I'd always be asking questions, always trying to get better, always trying to learn. Because I felt like the life hack was me stealing their information. (laughs) I mean, you know, instead of stealing crap out of people's cars, right? I was going to steal their information out of their brains so I could hopefully have a little bit more success in my life.
0: Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my online course. As a listener, you probably know my story. In under two years, I had multiplied my net worth to over eight figures and my investments were generating enough passive income for my wife and me to quit our jobs. Since launching the lifestyle investor book and podcast, I've had a lot of people reaching out asking how I was able to accomplish this in such a short period of time and how they can start investing just like I do. My methods are unconventional but I've always wanted to share my strategies and help as many people as possible accomplish financial freedom. And while the podcast is loaded with lots of alternative investment advice from both myself and my guests, it's not intended to be a comprehensive system that walks you through my step-by-step process. That's why I decided to create the Lifestyle Investor Course, a roadmap for anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of lifestyle investing. Anyone can use my system, no matter what level they're at in their investing career. So if you want all my strategies for creating passive income and building wealth conveniently packaged up into a simple to follow course, visit justindonald.com forward slash course for all the details. Now let's get back to the show. I love it. Yeah, that's so cool. That's a great way to look at it. And, you know, I shared this before, I believe on one of my episodes, that I used to collect stuff. I used to love to travel and collect different things from the places that I've been. And at a certain point, I stopped collecting. My wife is very much a minimalist and doesn't really collect anything. And some of that rubbed off on me in a very good way. But I collect relationships and I collect education and I collect experiences. And I think those are some of the more fun and dynamic things to have in life. And I know that you're a big traveler. We share this. We share a love for this. And in fact, my daughter's peeking her head in the podcast studio right now. And you've traveled with your family, with kids all over the globe, as we have. I mean, my daughter has been to at least 20 different countries. And I know you're the same way. And so, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on travel and the importance of travel for you and then also, though, for the rest of your family. Yeah, I mean, for some
1: reason, it's just in me. And I don't know if it's just you're born with it. And I think it's a part of the learning aspect, too, of why I love to travel. Because, like, I mean, we stay in nice hotels, obviously, but, but I like to get out of town sometimes, you know, and I like to go to those little remote areas, you know, wherever we're at and eat in these little dive restaurants. And and then that way you could have conversations with people and find out about the way that they live and see how they live and learn how they live. And, And there's a part of, you know, gratitude that comes from that, you know, when I was driving down the street the other day with my daughter and and I looked out the window and I I mean I pointed to a homeless guy that was sleeping on the side of the road and I and I said just look at that man and again not to I don't know his circumstances I don't know his story but unfortunately there's so many people out there that they they didn't grow they didn't continually learn. There you know obviously some of them it's a mental issue and maybe they couldn't help from being in that situation and my heart pours out to people like that. But there's also people out there that really just made bad choices. And so anything I can give my kids in that aspect to try to guide them and and I think traveling has been one of those, at least for me, is one of those opportunities. Like I love getting on a plane. I know a lot of people don't like getting on planes. I love getting on planes. I, I, love, I love the act of flying. You know, I love the, the act of, you know, like getting excited about, hey, we're going somewhere this weekend. You know, I love, you know, even being in the, the, the seat of an airplane where nobody's bothering you nine times out of 10. It's just you in your little box and you get to read and you get to listen to audible and you get to watch movies and you get to you know just that little that time that's just you and you you know and and um and, and so i don't know i mean and then and then you get to the location and then you get to maybe go on an excursion or you know we went to costa rica last year i think it was and and we um you know we were able to uh you know go on i mean zip lining and horseback riding and jumping off of waterfalls and doing stuff that you just never would do. And uh and so anyway, so travel for me is a lot of things, but it's really about it because I I believe and you said this a couple minutes ago, I believe life is about making memories. You know, I want nice things, I want a nice car, I want a, but look, I'd rather spend money on vacations than spend money on a Bugatti. At this point in my life, I'd rather do that. There's certain things that I would much rather have. Now, obviously, we're all working for bigger goals and dreams, and there's no reason why we can't have the Bugatti and go on great vacations. But there's decisions you make in your life. And if I'm in my stage right now, if I'm going to spend money right now, man, it's for experiences and memories that could last a lifetime.
0: That is just beautiful. And I love that you articulated that so well, because that is it. That's life. Life is relationships and experiences and spending time that you have, you know, basically buying your time back and spending it in a way that you value most with those that you also value most. So I, I just think that that's absolutely wonderful. And a lot of the hard work that it takes to create the income that you have, it benefits you later on once you do it. But if you build it the right way versus like, you know, building one nest egg where you're waiting to retire, that's one way of doing it. But you're sacrificing today. If you buy assets that produce income, you can have this lifestyle now while you're you know, quote unquote, nest egg that is more diversified is growing and often at a greater clip with more tax advantages. And so it's interesting to think about how the traditional way of investing is, in my opinion, very limiting. It limits the utility of money and it limits what you can do today because it's built around a scarcity mindset. Whereas if you invest in these assets that produce income, And invest in businesses that are independent of you and independent of your time. And and you can bring on incredible people to help run those organizations. They operate whether you're there running them or not, whether you're sleeping, whether you're on vacation, and then it provides an income and the time and space to be able to go do all these things, create these memories, have these experiences. And man, I'll tell you what, I want my daughter to learn all these different things about different cultures and different people and different types of food, different ways of living, the joy that people can have completely separate from material possessions, which you find all the time in third world countries. And that to me is life and education. And we share that, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just, look, a lot of years ago,
1: I decided that I wanted to be, because I'm a relationship guy. I, want, I love building relationships. I, lear, I love meeting new people. That's like, again, that's one of the six variety, right? That's the variety of life. I want to meet people. I want to build relationships. I want to make new friends. And I want to learn from those people. And, and so for me, a lot of years ago, I just decided I'm going to be a builder of relationships. I'm going to be a recruiter. Because that's really what I am. I mean, throughout all these years, I've recruited and trained hundreds and hundreds of people. And so I I figured that if I recruited and trained enough people, that's what was going to give me a life of freedom, right? Because I look at like a, a McDonald's, right? A Ray Kroc. All he thought about is he recruited and trained all these people to sell hamburgers and fries. And I said, well, hey, maybe I should just recruit people to sell investments and insurance, you know? And I want to be in that sort of industry. And I, I love, you know, I've always been a decent saver and investor, even from a young age. My mom used to borrow money from me. So she would say, hey, look, you got 20 bucks. And I'd lend her 20 bucks. And, you know, I probably asked her for some interest too. I'm just kidding. But the the bottom line is that I, you know, from an early age, I made a decision that I wanted to build outlets, man. I wanted to build franchises. I wanted to build something that didn't need me anymore. So if I train somebody really well and I'm like, okay, here's your office, go build it. I mean, I have guys, I I was just sharing this with somebody last night. You know, I have people in my business that I haven't even had a conversation with for five years. And I still generate, you know, it's kind of like a renter, one of your renters, you know, you don't have conversations with them every day, but you're still bringing in that income every single month, every single day that income's pouring in. So that was the decision I made. And as far as financially speaking, that's been a, I mean, literally a $21 million good decision for me to make just in my, just in that business. It's been a profit of or well, maybe not a pure profit, but it's been a revenue a stream of income cash flow of twenty one million dollars and so that's why I made that decision.
0: that's fantastic. and it's powerful when you learn the lesson that the more value you add to other people, the greater your opportunities and your income is. and so you know people ask me often like, well, how do you create great wealth and Wealth is broken up into a lot of different categories, right? You've got wealth in the form of owning your time and owning your health. And this is how physically, mentally, intellectually, spiritually, you know, being able to do the things that you enjoy most and being able to use your unique gifts. And of course, you know, finances are a component of it. But the reality is the more lives that you impact and the more value that you give, the amount of wealth financially and otherwise is going to be magnified. And so what a great story that you have with you know, 48 different locations and 1,500 different independent representatives inside your organization. You're obviously adding a lot of value and there's a lot of impact. And it goes beyond just the people that you're working with because they then have their clients and their peer group. And so there's just all these... Continuous ripple effects that happen across it 's really neat to see, and I want to just recognize you for being able to stay the course when it could be easy to sell your book or to really take a backseat, but what you 've done is you 've doubled down and you coach people and you coach them on building residual income and you run these life-transforming retreats. And I'd love to know a little bit more about that too. Well, for, gosh, I mean, at least 20
1: years, you know, and obviously we weren't able to run anything last year and we're not doing any big retreat this year. But, you know, 2022, uh, we get there and and we're going to break out and do something great next year. And so, you know we generally meet in a place like Palm Springs, you know we stick three hundred to five hundred people in a room and and we just Friday night you know we teach and train and all day Saturday and all day sunday and and we teach people every area that you could imagine a you know that you want to learn about money business health wealth I mean we talk about it all and it's in an environment that allows those new people that are entering the business. It allows them to basically in, you know, supercharge their information, right? I mean, just total immersion into like, what we're going to be teaching them for the rest of their life, basically. And, but they can get a good handle on it in a very short amount of time. And uh, it, it's one of the most rewarding, fun things that uh, I've ever been privileged Uh, to be able to do. I mean, you know, because these people are paying us a bunch of money to come out to a location, uh, when they have no idea what we're going to talk about really. And that trust is, I'm very grateful for that. And, but it's, it's been life changing for a lot of people. And, uh, I mean, we have a guy right now that he went to his first retreat and he was about to quit the business. And he went to a retreat, somebody on his team, one of his leaders said, hey man, you gotta go, you gotta do this, just make the investment, go for it, it's gonna change your life. And uh, literally, I mean, he came back six months later, he became a a VP, opened up his own office. I think last month he was paid like $50,000 in his business. I mean, he's he's one of the fastest growing people in the entire organization as, as, as well as the entire company. And it's just fun to think that that little weekend, you know, was a a starting point, a, a little cliff for him to jump off into something
0: great. Uh, you know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it shows you the power of mindset, right? It's just one little difference in the way that you're thinking, and it changes everything. You're almost out. You're about to make the decision to be out versus like having a compelling vision for the future, and it's night and day. The results are night and day, and I just think that that's cool. Uh, one of the things that I know you've been working on for a while, and I know that we're still a little ways away, but you've been working on a book and that book, it's got a fun title, which is Wealth on the Beach. And uh, you are the epitome of wealth on the beach. I think you've done a great job and what a catchy title. I know that we're maybe a year or two out. I know that it's a work in progress and like me, you probably have this desire for it to be just right, and it just has to feel great. But I'd be curious some of your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's always been something on my mind, and and you know, I I've I've always written down my processes and written down how we've done what we've done. i mean, I probably have a collection of a thousand PowerPoint presentations because I teach people. I mean, think about it. I was doing two trainings a week for 24 years before COVID, you know? So I've been building processes, building training manuals, building, you know, how to do. And I always, I always told my guys when they were training their people, always make sure that you write down how you did it, because it's funny. It's interesting that 20 years later, you can kind of like make up different stories about how it happened cuz you know we all we all have bad memories you're like i don't know how i did it 20 years ago i don't know how i built it but i'm so clear on the way i teach people in the process because i've written it all down as it happened like i used to get home at night and my little you know skinny microphone if you remember those little skinny microphones that i would plug into my pc oh yeah and i would record like everything. And th- this is, you know, part of how I built the organization that we have today. And I was just talking to one of my VPs last night and we were having a drink and we were talking about how we did it because he was one of the catalysts that helped us build it. And, and, and he was talking about, it. he was like, used to give out these cassette tapes to everybody in the meeting And then we would go and role play on stage and make sure that everybody knew the same presentation. And we just kept duplicating and duplicating. A brand new person would come in and then we'd give them the tape. And then we would say, learn this, man. And then on Saturday morning, we would test you on do you know the script? Do you know the information? How you know? And it was just over and oh week after week, day after day. And then I would get home, I would do a presentation, and I would recruit somebody or get a sale or whatever. And then I would go to that little microphone and I would record it'd be midnight and I'd be recording all night long. And so that way I had all the words that were very clear. Like it wasn't just. I wanted to wing it. I wanted to teach people exactly how and why people were telling me yes. Cuz if they understood how, you know, why everybody was telling me yes, and if they just duplicated that, they did the same. It's kind of like the McDonald's right hamburger, right? It's just the it's the bun, it's the hamburger, and it's the the the, the ketchup and mustard and it's the pickles and it's the bun again, right? And they just teach it over and over and over. It's just a duplicatable process. And I taught that and that um, you know, made all the difference.
0: Yeah, and that's the key to scale, right? You find something that you can duplicate. You find something first that works. You continue to improve it till it's in its finest form. And then when you have that product that is operating at the highest level that it can, you roll that out and you get that out to the masses. And the goal here, the mission is don't try your own thing. Do what works first. Get that down. And once that's down, if you want to do some innovating, fine. You may not even want to once you have it down, but you can't do anything until you get it down first. But I do think that there's value in still having that location. And it's probably like home base. It's what you do. Your team does where you're still tweaking and trying different things out because the world changes. Things always change. And then, you know, you can roll it out. And it's like, hey, we made this tweak, this improvement. Get this out to your teams. And you can help grow and scale in that regard too. But having one aspect of the mad scientist that's working on things, but really that's a small percentage compared to what is standardized, what is based on a protocol that can be replicated by anyone. It doesn't matter what their skill set is. And I think it's great that you were able to figure that out. And by the way, that is part of the reason you've been able to grow your team the way you have every year. You've been able to grow your income every year. And we're not talking about a 2 to 3% raise. We're talking about massive steps in income every single year for the last 20 years, I believe. And that's incredible, Daniel. Again, a lot of it is not because of
1: me, truth be told, full transparency. I mean, we have some really good people in our organization that have been, I mean, integral to our success. I mean, you can't build, uh, you know, we did, $1.2 billion last year in insurance, you know, we did, I think, 30 plus million dollars in new investment sales, you know, and so I mean, there's a little bit of good stuff that's happening. But the truth is, I'm less than a half a percent of any of that, you know, on my own, you know, like, actually helping anybody, you know, and so I give all the credit, to the miraculous team that we have. I mean, we have some of the smartest freaking people. It's unbelievable. I mean, we have people that are just incredible workers, incredible closers, incredible, you know, relationship builders. I mean, incredible recruiters. We're, we're recruiting 300 people a month right now. And, you know, we're probably helping out four to 500 uh, clients every single month. And, and so to see that, You know, year after year, month after month, I go, oh, my God. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, it really is an awesome, awesome thing that I get to be a part
0: of. I feel like one of the most lucky, one of the most blessed people in the world. Well, it reminds me of something one of my mentors and friends shared with me. He said, ABC, always be (laughs) (laughs) crutin. You're always recruiting. He just said, always be crutin." So I just, uh, I love that. Uh, brings a a smile to my face every time I say it. Hey, this has been just a fantastic time hanging with you, Daniel. I appreciate you sharing so much wisdom with us. And I'd love for our audience to find out where they can learn more about you. So I have
1: a really cool YouTube channel, man. I want everybody to check out my YouTube channel. It's Daniel Alonzo with a Z at the end and there's just content. I mean, we're putting out four videos a week right now. I mean, massive amounts of content. Of course, I have my podcast on iTunes and Spotify that's called Wealth on the Beach Podcast. And that's been really fun to be able to do. And by the way, some people are visual. So if you like to you know, see things, then go to YouTube and watch the podcast on YouTube. If you like uh, you know, just listening on a on a you know from the iTunes or Spotify, then you can do that too uh, with the podcast. But and then and then I have Alonzoacademy.com, and that's just basically my home base website. So people can learn about me, they can read up on my story, just you know, be able to contact me through there. And then of course, my favorite of where anybody should want to contact me is Instagram. I'm very, very heavy on Instagram. I love making videos. I love the creative process. Just, I didn't really say it today, but I'm an artist. I'm, I'm a, actually, I was a cartoonist uh, growing up. And so I, there's a part of me that I love the creativity of making cool videos and sharing my thoughts and different photos and pictures and things like that. It's kind of like I allowed my passions and my, you know, the things that I enjoy to kind of bleed into my business. Processed as well. And so it's been a fun ride. It, I'm so lucky and uh, just ex- so excited, Justin, that you had me on. And so, and I'd love to share any of my thoughts. If anybody has questions, I answer all my Instagrams myself. So please, if you want to DM me, ask me questions, learn more, whatever it is I can do to add value,
0: that's what I'm here for. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. This has been just a great episode. And I want to leave our audience with a message that I leave them with every single week. And that is to take some form of action today and move in the direction of financial freedom and a life on your terms, a life by design, a life that inspires you every single day. Thanks. And we'll see you next week.